Oh, we're so glad uh, to have you all and for your journey, your stories. Uh, I think you're going to add to uh, our discussion today. Uh, this is intentionally a round table so that we can have some, uh, some discussion. The, uh, what we hope to do is, is gain some insights uh, into, we'll talk about uh, compassionate mental health ministry um, but I think even more than that, within your church, fostering understanding. Um, but I think we'll have, we have some other objectives as well. So we hope that you will leave with a tool to maybe evaluate an existing health ministry if, you're, if you are a part of one in your church um, and or a strategy for developing. But I think listening to us will also have some broader, uh, I think, takeaways from this than these two than these two things but this is an important topic uh, as you have stated each of you uh, pastor Jake pastor Lane uh, you know one of the some of the statistics that I found 65% of church-going uh, family members of those with mental illness wish or want the church to talk openly about it mm -hmm. and yeah. we as a church do not openly talk about it uh, that's more than half, you know, 25% of the population, uh, adult population suffers from a diagnosable mental illness each year. So that's, you know, I mean, that's roughly one in four of the, or one, some studies stats say one in five, but whether it's one in four or one in five, um, our churches are a microcosm of the population. Um, and then 76% of churchgoers say suicide is a problem that needs to be addressed in their community. Uh, and so they may not say it out loud, but they've said it uh, in these surveys. And I, I know that suicide is real. Um, one of the things, another stat that I became aware of that is, you know, was surprising to me is that there are more death, deaths by suicide in our country then there are deaths by homicide. Homicide gets all of the uh, news, the attention, but there are more persons taking their own lives wow. than there are persons who are being killed. And it's not by a little bit, it's uh, by a big number. Uh, and so these, these matters of uh, our mental health are certainly critical um, because our mental health is a part of our overall health. Uh, I think there were a couple other stats on there, wasn't it? Um, but I want to say that the purpose of mental health ministry uh, is to relieve physical, psychological suffering in those with mental health problems uh, while revealing the unconditional love and limitless grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I would also say um, not only those that are suffering with mental health problems, but those who, as, as uh, Dr. Webb Brenda said, those that are providing care for those that are dealing with mental health problems. So sometimes even if, uh, if we may not be the person that's suffering at the moment, but we may be called alongside to uh, facilitate care, whether it's a family member or a friend, as you said, Pastor Jake, having stayed over the night with some persons that were in crisis situations before. Uh, so 
And then 27% of churches have a plan to assist families affected by mental health. Now, we know that's, that's, that's a small percentage of churches. Uh, and mostly, uh, I would say, probably venture to say, most of that 27% are our larger churches or ministries. Um, and so oftentimes, our sm- mid, middle to smaller ministries, we, we have not really adapted adopted a plan to, 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 to do that, to assist those. So that's, that's why this topic matters. Uh, of course, as you know, this is a, an issue that is, that is growing. Uh, Dr. Webb, is this, I think <laughs> okay. this is where you take over some so of this. We have done a couple of small groups here at Bible Base, and we've used some texts. Um, one of them was Madness and Grace, and we'll talk a little bit about that today. And then there's another one called Troubled Minds. And this was one of the quotes they brought up, that churches are often at the front line of mental health care. And, I, and one thing we didn't add in here, the difference between mental health and mental illness, everybody mm. clear on what that no, we should difference explain is? That. Mm-hmm. So we all have to attend to our mental health. We all have a brain, so we all have life stressors. We all have things that affect us and affect our mental health. But mental illness is more biologically based brain disorders that are diagnosable like within a DSM-4 by a professional, right? So they are six different, but we just want to make sure people understand, because often when you say mental health, they automatically go to thinking about mental illness, and they think, oh, that's not me. Yeah, yeah, you do have mental health. We all have mental health. (laughs) You might not have a mental illness, which that's okay. But but when there's a crisis in a family, the research shows that we typically go to the church first, but if the churches aren't equipped, what happens? Right. Right, so that can be detrimental. It can be life-threatening. So, you know, it's kind of important that we do have a, a response to it. And there's two scriptures that Pastor pulled out to help us keep in mind. First Thessalonians 5.23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord, of our Lord Jesus Christ. And third John, verse 2. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you, and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. But mind you, there's, there's like three pages of scriptures in, mm-hmm. that we could pull out that mm-hmm. all address mental health. And mental health is throughout the Bible, and that's part of what we were doing with our small groups was kind of showing where mental health is present, um, but often overlooked. But it's, may, may I say yes, something ma'am? related to that? Mm-hmm. Um, the way that I explain it in a very simple way, we are body, we're a spirit. We live in a body, we have a soul. Our soul comprises of our mind, our will, and our emotions. Mind, will, and emotions is what most people associate with mental health. So when you see, see the scriptures on soul or soul care, then they're talking about taking care of your mind, your will, and your emotions, which is what we consider good mental health. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. And we also like to say mental health is physical health because it is part of your body. So let's hear from you, though. Let's talk about, let's open the conversation. So how is the church responding to the needs of congregants with mental illness? Whether it's your church or what you've heard about, what's going on? How do you think we're doing? I think we're doing a poor job. From my perspective, I think we're really doing a poor job at it because, like I said, no one really want to talk about it. Mm. And when you start talking about mental health, nobody want to talk about it. People couldn't get back up on you. Mm-hmm. Or they will leave the church. If, they, if you 
start talking about it and oh, people wow. get, get the okay. word that uh, something is wrong with them okay. mentally, mm -hmm. they're going to leave the church. So they take yeah. it personal. Right? They take it personal. Right. <laughs> okay. yeah. That stigma, right? Right. So, yeah. Anyone else want to share on that one? Uh, with me, I, I feel like um, I before I joined um, Bible Base, I was going to another church, church um, uh, Grace Family Church, mm -hmm. and I before I joined here, I like I said it was in October, but I was going here for two about two almost two years, mm -hmm. and from the very first session I had or that I came class that I came here, not class, but um, mm -hmm. um the life group. Yes, that I came. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was just always talk. Everybody was just talking. You guys mm -hmm. had this big, this huge um, conference. Y'all, mm -hmm. we talked about it. But for those four years that I was at Grace, I never heard it mm -hmm. ever. Mm -hmm. So it's like that. It pulled. That was something that I could appreciate. So I know, like saying we're not doing a good job. But mm -hmm. I mean, myself and my 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 son and daughter mm -hmm. coming here was so refreshing. Mm -hmm. I'm not just saying that because you're here, <laughs> but um, it was so refreshing to see that, and it was and it was just in the you know you got up and spoke. It was just awesome. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I didn't because I didn't think that we addressed it that much. Mm -hmm. in, in when I was at you know Grace, it, they didn't. But coming here, I seen that and I hear it all the time, and I was like, okay, mm -hmm. this is it. So okay. yeah, so I did That's appreciate that. We, and I think we've got, as a church and even as a pastor, we've got to make heavier brush strokes and really defining what the difference is between mental health right. and mental illness. Mm -hmm. Because I think there is that stigma, yeah. mm -hmm. that, that real protective measure is that immediately, uh, I think most of us default to mental illness. Right. right. Mm -hmm. When you hear the word mental, you know, just right. in general. And, and I just think helping to really uh, have more workshops, more dialogue, even maybe some from time to time in my sermons. Because I've often thought, did, yes, Judas made a, he, he made a mistake, mm -hmm. and it was prophesied that mm -hmm. that would occur. But amongst the brothering, were any of the brother brothers able to kind of measure and mm -hmm. kind of get a sense of, hey, Judy, Judas needs somebody to talk to, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? And, and a lot of times, I think people are afraid can they tell you really the dark, deep issue? Because yeah. I know I've been in a few cases of stages where as a pastor you mm -hmm. carry the weight mm -hmm. and then you begin to carry the load mm -hmm. of others that you're counseling mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. And you're naturally and spiritually trying to sort through all of that and it begins to mount up. Right. Mm -hmm. you know, right. If you're not <clears throat> decompressing or you're not really uh, releasing it, you mm -hmm. know, as you do and shift to the Father, mm -hmm. but there, in the natural process of that over a period of time, yeah. it begins to take its toll. Mm -hmm. and, and, I, and I believe that uh, hopefully we can see the church pastors and the laypersons in general uh, get a lot more open mm -hmm. to have those discussions. Right, right, right. I, yeah. I appreciate that and I, and I agree. Mm -hmm. that a lot of our work is separating health, which is health for all, yeah. versus illness, right. which is illness for some. Mm -hmm. And um, understanding that um, we could switch category. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if, yep. we're not, if we're yeah. not protecting mm -hmm. our health, we will get ill. Mm -hmm. And how that works. And so um, I've been at, at I was at Bible Base for 17 years. I've been at New Dawn for almost 14 years. Mm -hmm. Wow. And I know, right? <laughs> 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 but this year is the first time 
that the leader of the men's ministry comes to me and say, when are you going to talk to the men? Because mm-hmm. I do my, most of my work with the women's ministry. Mm-hmm. Right. I said, I've been here and waiting for the invitation <laughs> yeah. for all of this time. Yeah. And I do talk from, I, I, when I have an opportunity to teach or preach, I am, uh, because that's part of who I am. Yeah. I'm very holistic in, in, in my sermons, et cetera. Everybody's receiving what I'm doing but specifically yeah. to come and minister to just men. Mm. Um, it's something that I've done uh, in the past at Bible-based, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's just a matter of gender, you know, gender and race do uh, affect how we handle yeah. uh, mental illness and, yeah. and what we do in yeah. response to it. And yeah. so I've been waiting for the invitation, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, not, and, and because I've, done the work for so long and started with um, with counseling men, started in VA hospitals and that, uh, other kind of correctional facilities, all male facilities. I actually have more expertise over the years with, with the men, men than women, <laughs> but I don't get called and it's fine, it's yeah. fine. Um, but I do have a couple of witnesses uh, mm. from the church will say, she knows how to talk to men, <laughs> it's, it's okay. So how do we, how do we bridge the gender That's gap good. as yeah. well? Yeah. Um, and um, that's uh, something that I'm seeing in churches. I, I, I see the movement is, is, the word is getting out and spreading, mm-hmm. but the movement is so slow. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and like you said, I think men are lagging behind right. that movement. Right, right. Yeah. Men are lagging, and yeah. men are mostly the pastors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the ushers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, but the pastors are going to say who comes, mm-hmm. what comes into the church, mm-hmm. and how it comes into the church. Mm-hmm. So we got some, we got work, to some work to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. A couple of the questions about um, are we supporting the community? So what about the community that may approach you? It may not be members, but um, are we prepared or are we, is, is it the same answer, any different answer when you think of community? Well, I say that when we say community, um, a lot of times it's how we interact with people. And so we say, hey, come to our church. Mm-hmm. Oh, you have a mental illness, come to our church. We'll pray for you. But mm. sometimes that's as far as it goes. Mm. And me growing up in, like I said, my experience Pentecostal, that was the thing. You go get prayed for, and right. God is going to heal you. And don't don't worry about going seeing no, no therapist, nothing. Mm-hmm. It's okay to have Jesus and go see a therapist too. Right. Yeah. Amen. And I think that's what. Yeah. Um, that's a good message. My experience has been, no, go just go to Jesus. He'll heal you. He'll deliver you. But I think we need to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll pray for you, but. Go see a therapist. Talk it out. Yeah. That's good. And do we see the church as having responsibility for this type of care and support? Do we all agree that? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I want to say I strongly believe that for about three decades Mm -hmm. that I was a very, very close-minded proponent. I I believe in signs and wonders and miracles. Mm -hmm. And for about three decades, that really was a high level of concentration mm-hmm. uh, of really giving it a lot of folks as a pastor, as a, as a spiritual mm-hmm. leader mm-hmm. or, 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 or a reference you know, to a lot of folks. But I have discovered and always was very astute and educated enough to know mm-hmm. that outside of what 
the church can offer, there are folks that do need follow-up care. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they need other uh, opinions. They even need professional clinical mm -hmm. uh, support. You know, and they need some of those principles and some of those concepts that help to add to their effort to get the help they need. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm saying that the paradigm has shifted, the pendulum has swung completely to a whole other uh, direction mm -hmm. that with the pastoral care to also be able to, to parallel with clinical care, mm -hmm. I think will help, because we're in a crisis right now. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it was kind of taboo uh, often in the African-American community that either you just declare crazy, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and, and you kind of was wrote off. Mm -hmm. But we see now that that, that pattern is, is a lot different mm -hmm. because there are men and women of esteem and, and really uh, successful people yeah. that mm -hmm. are breaking down, yeah. you know, and, and under pressure, and they oftentimes <coughs> cannot find the right person to confide in. Yeah, no. You know, so and they end up getting stuck or, you know, things happen to a worse degree. Mm -hmm. So I, I do believe that uh, we are in a great place to, to do what's being done now mm -hmm. to help really uh, extend the tentacles of the effort to reach people. Mm -hmm. And that connectedness, because people suffer in silence so much. So mm -hmm. if you're sick or you have someone dies in your family, you're getting visits. But do you do that when there's somebody with a mental illness? Mm -hmm. We may not even know about it because people are suffering in silence. Mm -hmm. But again, it comes from that connectedness and that engagement mm -hmm. to know that what's going on with them, that they feel safe enough to tell you what's going on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What are you going to add, Dr. Couture? Yes, I, I just wanted to, um, I, I really appreciate this level of conversation. And um, I want to emphasize that it's not either or. Mm -hmm. And so um, I'm with a deliverance ministry, laying hands and all of that. Mm -hmm. They don't call us up for the cost. Well, that's what we're doing. We're not denominational. Right, right. And we're, we're doing all of that work. Sure. Um, in addition to valuing counseling when it's needed. Right. And um, there's enough scriptural support to talk about um, how mind, body, and spirit are connected. Right, right. That, that responding in every way. Oh, so nothing right. replaces prayer. Right. We don't suggest that people get counselors counseling unless it's uh, Bible-based counseling, <laughs> right? We want to, um, we don't want to do anything that's contradictory to, to their fundamental faith and belief system. Right. While at the same time, people want to know how things work. Mm -hmm. So I, I, for example, I preached a sermon about the demoniac. And who's to say he didn't have mental illness? Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. And that particular type of influence on him was not related totally to <clears throat> what goes on his mind. If he were today, we'd call him schizophrenic. Mm -hmm. We'd call him schizophrenic. Mm -hmm. um, right. But he was filled with many, many demons. Mm -hmm. I don't try to negate that. Right. But can also <laughs> say, and he mm -hmm. probably had an undiagnosed mm -hmm. mental illness. Mm -hmm. um, and people responded as they as they understood it. Mm -hmm. um, but I also want to point out that a step up, so we can't take take um, get every pastor to do mental health uh, first aid training. Right. <laughs> right. So that's what that is a movement. Mm -hmm. That's okay. a movement mm -hmm. that pastors can get mental health first uh, aid training. Mm -hmm. It's a movement. We don't want the pastor to believe that. He or she 
um, need to become counselors mm -hmm. themselves. Right. Minimally, we need them to know how to recognize it and how to refer. Right. That's good. That's good. Minimally. Mm -hmm. You can also how to pray for it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the whole blaming you don't have faith enough to overcome this. That's part. That's yeah. part. Yeah. That's, that's got to go. That's got to go. That's good. Let me ask a question. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. What do y'all think about med medication? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's Sometimes a good question. Because yeah. I had a young man that was in, in my church, and I'm about to only one because uh, talk with him, mm -hmm. and I can tell when he wasn't when he didn't take his medicine. Right, right. I can tell because he right. acts up. He'll come in with headset, radio on his mm -hmm. head, listen, and I tell him to take it off, and he would. Mm -hmm. Sometimes he would. Mm -hmm. What? And, and he would say something. Why, Pastor? Right. Why you want me to take it off? I said, take it off. Yeah, give it back to you. I said, bring it to me. Mm -hmm. He take it off, bring it to me. Now some of the others, he would get mad, angry with them, right? If they tried to take it. Mm -hmm. But he would bring it to me. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I knew, I knew that he wasn't on his on medicine. His medicine. Right. Yeah. And when you don't take that medicine, yeah. you begin to act up. Yeah. I was at Grace Point. When they bring them in, the police sometimes bring them in, they come in, they be out of their mind. Mm -hmm. And then when they get that medication in them, three or four days later, you can talk to those same people. Different They're different people. Yeah. 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 When they so, have that medication in them. Yeah. Yes. So medication, I yes. mean, yes. we, we believe this. Yes. Yeah. We we don't have a problem taking it for a headache or for you know <laughs> going through chemo yeah. or you know uh, diabetes yeah. Yeah. going to dialysis. So we need right. to understand that God has given us mm -hmm. science and medication. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. And so, and, and most of the mistrust in medication is not knowing what it's for. Right. So yes. if you're diabetic, you know you're lacking insulin. Somebody gives you insulin, you feel better. But what are you giving me this um, psychological medicine? You're, you're messing with my mind. Mm -hmm. Like people have good reason to suspect that people will try to mess with their minds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they're not going to trust the pill that they don't know what's in it. Right. And so when we understand part of the mental health first aid, us also to help you understand what is in the medicine that, that we're suggesting that you comply with. Right. Mm -hmm. But absolutely. Um, when the uh, elders are called to to pray, they they use oil. Olive oil was like the medicine of the day, mm -hmm. so they oiled and they prayed. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, take your medicine, apply the oil. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And sometimes and that first pill might not work, and people don't want to go back. They're quick to give up on that if it, if you get a side effect or it doesn't feel right. But mm -hmm. I, like I have hypertension, it took them eleven pills before mm -hmm. one worked. Yeah. But you had the numbers, you know right. what I mean? But people will quit after how it makes you feel. Right. right. Psychotropic right. meds. Or when it makes, and when you start feeling better, stop. Yeah, right. thinking, oh, I don't need it. <laughs> like, like, yeah. like, yeah. like taking it like uh, It's working. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 So we mentioned manic, um, Madness and Grace. Um, and they, the author has designed core characteristics of what a healthy mental health ministry looks like. <coughs> um, one would be having church leaders to su support, because you know, if it, pastors behind it, it's going to thrive. <laughs> you need to have those passionate lay leaders, people who are involved, volunteers who actually have a, 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 a definite interest and experience and zeal for the ministry. Communication is everything. You have to have a way to make sure the membership and, and people understand what's involved, what's available, what conversations, what the sermon, you know, that you have it through messaging, through sermons, through small groups, so a variety of ways to get that message out through communication channels. Yeah.
community outreach. We can't do it alone because again, we're not counseling. We're, we're using our resources and collaborating with the community so that we can make sure we have, um, and we're trying to vet them. That takes some time, trying to actually connect with these people that you're putting on your resource list to make sure that they are actually going to do what is, is needed. Partnerships um, so that we can have experienced professionals who are coming in to talk to us and present information to us and um, educate us properly. Mm -hmm. And then we uh, definitely, any ministry you have, you want it to make a difference because we want it to make an impact on the lives of the church. So from that model, um, we integrated Pastor White's model from his doctoral program and he's gonna talk to us about care. And this slide just demonstrates how we are doing, how we are executing care here at Bible Base. So thank you, as, um, as Dr. Hall and Dr. Brenda said, you know, our, the aim, we believe, is not to turn pastors into um, counselors, you know, per se, uh, mental health counselors or therapists. Um, I think the aim is so that the church is equipped to, uh, to provide care. Uh, we provide care for persons spiritually, but as we talked, you know, God is concerned about our whole being, our whole being, and so spirit, soul, and body. And so care has, uh, for me, part of my work was developing this model of pastoral care. So, and care is an acronym, uh, and the, the first part of that is really cultivating awareness. And so what we uh, have been really endeavoring to do is make it a part of the conversation to, to you know, we uh, tried to cultivate awareness among the congregation to, to take away some of the stigma as you have already identified. Uh, so we will highlight, you know, World Mental Health Day, or, or we will highlight uh, Mental Health Month of May. Uh, or we, you know, we'll have a message, a sermon, or something that's geared toward addressing that. Assisting others is the other is the A of care. Uh, and so we'll talk about that, but it's creating potential um, not only to, to change lives, but impact our mental health through hope and education. Retaining resources, I, I want to say a little more about that, and then equipping leaders. So that's what CARE stands for, and that's the a strategy or an approach that the church can take. Um, not just one thing, but really looking at it uh, holistically, collaboratively, uh, how we create, cultivate awareness, how we assist others by providing support, how can we retain uh, partnerships and resources, and how can we equip leaders. And so what we mean, you know, this is really creating a culture. And what uh, Samuel Chan says, his quote I like, is that culture, not vision, uh, is in the most powerful factor in any organization. Uh, so tend, we tend to think, you know, vision, 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 vision. But how do we affect the culture really is, is uh, imperative. And so cultivating awareness is something that we can all do in our churches. And uh, I mentioned some of the ways we do that. Assisting others is the other thing. You know, one of the things here, when Dr. Hall was here at the church, 
we had a counseling ministry, and I think Dr. Hall, if I'm not mistaken, provided counseling mm -hmm. to persons. Uh, and so not all churches are staffed we with all a... Did. Huh? We all did. Oh, yeah. All the yeah, okay. And so we, you know, don't have a uh, counseling ministry in that we have licensed mental health counselors or therapists that provide counseling. But still, I believe that even medium to smaller churches, uh, there's something that we can do. And, and one of the ways that we assist others is really through our small groups. We call them life groups. Mm -hmm. And we've had life groups that um, are, the topic is specifically geared to our mental health. Mm -hmm. uh, we've had uh, groups that provide, that talk about providing care. And so in that uh, life group, it may be 12 weeks or so, and we just journey together talking about um, aspects of mental health. And this is a way of providing support and assisting those in the congregation. So we create awareness. We also want to assist uh, by providing support in life groups is one way that we can do that, offering, uh, I think, uh, this third way is retaining resources. And I want to highlight what um, Dr. Couture mentioned with regards to grace. You know, one of the resources that we partner with Grace and and uh, as well as uh, other resources that are named, yeah, Grace is Greater Reach Alliance of Counselors and Educators. Uh, and so it is a pool of counselors who are licensed, who are, uh, you know, who've been vetted, uh, so they're professionals. Um, and they, you know, our church may refer someone to Grace, and then we would augment the church can provide, pay the fee that is that is needed, uh, because everyone in our congregation doesn't have health insurance. Everybody doesn't have the resource, and that's one of the challenges in the African American community. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it costs money there to is. see a, a therapist, mm -hmm. and then they're not. Um, you don't always know. Uh, where to go. And so you mentioned Grace, the, um, the that's another community organization. Grace I think family. it was. Um, no. Uh, Grace, Grace Point. Grace Point. That's what I was trying to think of. Grace Point and other places that, that help. Um, you know, and I, I'll just say, like, for example, I remember my dad who was really struggling and he was, you know, he's a professional male. He was willing to see, to talk to somebody. Mm -hmm. He wanted to talk to somebody, but he wanted it to be another person of color. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and then when I went to try to find another person of color in that area where he was, it was like a three to six month wait. I mean, they were just yeah. so overwhelmed. overwhelmed with their caseload. So this is another opportunity uh, through grace yeah, if you could close that uh, demo. Uh, through grace to uh, really uh, help persons be referred to resources uh, of persons who may, they may be more inclined to talk to. Um, and so retaining resources is critical. Building relationship with other Christian counselors in the community as we've done. Um, yes, sir. Go jump in. While you're on that piece right there. So is it a good idea possibly that the churches develop some kind of underwrite uh, or you know 
Yeah, right. Counseling right. for, uh, you, what you say, high priority or uh, alert cases mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to help a family get through that kind of a crisis? Yeah. So two things I want to say about that. I think, yes. One, most churches, well, I'm not going to say most. Uh, I hope that churches have, you know, most churches try to assist people when they're going through uh, a need, you know, mm -hmm. paying the light, but we call it benevolence, benevolence. you know, so we, ha we have, we have that, and, and that is a part of our budget, so we have mm -hmm. set that aside when someone's in a situation, and I see the mental health crisis, if someone's going through crisis, and they're needing to see someone, that's a part of that, that crisis sometimes, but then Grace, tell, speak a little bit about how that, that uh, co-op might work. So, um, Part of what Grace initially tried to do is to identify a few churches who were kind of um, uh, psychologically aware and open to the idea of mental health counseling pastors and establish a contract with the church that if you have a need, um, almost like an insurance policy, pay in X amount of dollars and we'll serve your clients up to this, you know, limit. Mm -hmm. um, black churches don't grab, grab that in the same way. Mm -hmm. um, they, they, they don't want to put money up front for something that might happen, even though it's happening all the time. Yeah. Right? right? Yeah. Um, so I forgot that I just, whatever, that model. Part of Grace um, has the pro bono aspect of it as well. And so a lot of my work with Grace starts pro bono until I win the confidence of this is actually a service that the church can use. Once I've won that, people are ready to pay. So that's, it's, 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 it's been gradual in that way. Um, part of Grace also will extend the invitation to come and speak to leaders in the church. Um, about mental health, kind of like around mm -hmm. like we're doing here. So we're kind of increasing awareness. Exposure. Yeah, and exposure. Yeah. yeah. But um, it's the same as, as Pastor um, um, Weiss talked about. If you are serious about it, then you'll put money in your budget to support this, this form of service to people in crisis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so that's one thing that we aim to do. And so this is the last part of care is E is equipping leaders, not just ministers, but leaders to really recognize, identify, uh, and and uh, be equipped as mental health first responders. So we have each year a certain number of CPR courses where we try to make sure people know how, or you know, particularly if they serve in ministry, that you know how to render first, you know, CPR to someone that may be in crisis because uh, someone may have a heart attack, someone may be choking, etc. So we, we try to make sure that some of our leaders have CPR training. At the same time, we also want to make sure that some of our leaders are, uh, as she mentioned, this movement to mental health first aid, that they know how to do that, how to recognize crisis and how to help someone get the help that they need. Um, and so that crisis could be suicide, it could be a psychotic moment, it could be what, whatever it might be, just could be 
be depression, you know, mm -hmm. uh, depression at the time. Uh, and so we have to be sensitive to that. So that is what care, that's the model for a church uh, really having a uh, providing pastoral care or having a ministry for mental health. It is, it is cultivating awareness. It is really assisting those lending support. Another thing that we've done is we've had um, uh, our community, our voice is a community forum that we may do quarterly on different topics. And so we've, ho we've hosted uh, different professionals around mental health because we, that was a, a community topic, the black church and, and mental health. Um, um, so retaining those resources and equipping leaders. So that's really uh, what that model looks like. So this slide just kind of shows you, to, although this book goes through tons of different examples, this is the small to medium-sized church examples of what some mental health ministries are doing. So the top line just shows you the average worship attendance for the church. The church is listed at the bottom. So you can see mostly volunteer. That one church at 450 has one part-time staff person, but 10 lay people. Um, another has 10 lay, person, lay volunteers, and the other one has five. They all kind of have a similar mission of integrating mental health awareness, encouraging hope and support and care. But the services vary. So like you'll see that like some offer support groups. Do all three of them? Uh, all three of them offer support groups. Um, mental health coaching comes up in a couple of them. Everybody seems to do some type of educational component. And all of them partner with different groups in the community. So it's just, a, you know, you got to do with, work with what you have, your capacity within your ministry, but um, it's just some different ways. And then some of the larger churches have full-time staff. Some offer full-out counseling services, but mm -hmm. those are for, like, mega-sized church, mega churches. And, and I would uh, also add, I think we someone had mentioned about, uh, so, like, sometimes we don't have a life group for mental health, but you may have a men's ministry, uh, let's say, uh, that meets for Bible study. And sometimes I think it would be helpful to, to pause and have mm -hmm. maybe a mental health expert come in and address mental mm -hmm. health for men's group. We have done that, right, exactly. Uh, just as we have done for physical health. We've had uh, someone come in and talk about uh, with women, you know, some of the health concerns with men, prostate cancer, some of the health concerns with men, but uh, including our mental health in, the, in those discussions as well. So um, lots of great ideas. You can be as creative or as innovative as you can, but what do you think you could do different, or what do you think we should do different if you're at Bible Base um, mm. as part of this mental health ministry? I've got a question. Mm -hmm. yes, my thought. Um, have you discovered or have you gotten any feedback on which gender mm -hmm. comes across better or more connected to a male high percentage audience or persons that you're doing presentations to? For as, have you had any kind of feedback for as it's more, more effective when a man is delivering this subject to mental health to men? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, is it just universal? So we personally chose, you know? like, I went to the women's groups. And my co-facilitator for Mental Health First Aid, Flo's husband, he went to the men's Andrew groups. went to the men's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, you know, it's a cultural thing sometimes. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you, honestly, I believe that um, 
men or women, I think, respect the professionalism, someone's credentialing or skill sometimes in that area. Uh, yeah, and so there's a there's always a, a pocket of men that only want to talk to men, and there's always you know a few women that prefer women. Um, but you know, I I do think sometimes uh, you know it's it's your experience. I think if if I were if most of us, I would venture to say, if you have a health crisis, uh, you want the best person. And you don't care whether that person is male or female. I want to know how renowned are you in your field? How well do you know your expertise? And I think uh, when, when we can highlight that as leaders and can say, you know, uh, give some credence to someone's expertise in the area, I think it makes them people more ready to hear whether it's male or female sometimes. We didn't ask for that feedback. We, we also yeah. co-facilitate, like we have a male and a female for our mental health first aid classes. Mm -hmm. my, my experience over the years is that um, to get, as a female, to get in the door with men, I need a man to introduce me. Mm -hmm. That's all I, but that's all I need. Mm -hmm. The rest of it depends on my professionalism and knowledge. Um, my experience is that men, I've, I've had thousands of men clients, uh, literally, and, and uh, you know, hundreds of female clients. What happens is men are more likely to access their emotions with a woman. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, with the woman they trust. Mm -hmm. Because that's how it works in the real world. Mm -hmm. When you couple or when you're in relationships, you, that's, the person, that's your person mm -hmm. that you share emotionally. Um, if you're with another man, there's so many barriers to, mm -hmm. to come through mm -hmm. before you share as openly as you need to to get to your healing. Mm -hmm. So many things left unsaid. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. Especially when you put it in the context of that's, that's, that's our counterpart. You know, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's what we're used to. Yeah, that's the yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what you're used to. And the guys at, at New Dawn explained it to me. They said, Doc, when we get together, I had about four of them circling mm -hmm. me to ask if I come. <laughs> when we get together, we just say, we give each other, Dad, how you doing, man? You okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> you really okay? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm Mas good. Mas and okay, yeah. man, call me if you need me. And the end. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what are you ladies talking about? <laughs> we, are, we are talking about, no, you're not okay. What's right. going on? Right. And, and that's, you know. And, and it, along that same line of analogy, I think oftentimes we program men are, you know, especially on the athletic side of life. Right. Uh, you know, you're bleeding from both ears and mm -hmm. nose, <laughs> and I'm okay. I'm right, right. Back you in. Back in. Back in. I'm, but then you're bleeding. Yeah. Like, so you shouldn't be bleeding. Yeah. But no, I'm ready for another play. Yeah. And I think oftentimes in life, you know, emotionally, psychologically, um, a lot of men, in fact, and, and people in general now, are bleeding in places right. that right. they are overlooking. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and we're in, in a dangerous place. And I think it's spilling down into our uh, youth's lives as well, because mm -hmm. the atmosphere of the homes and the environments are places where we are creatures by habits or mm -hmm. of habits. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, begins to migrate into their uh, exposure mm -hmm. and to their process. Of how they're handling things, and mm -hmm. so recognizing that we are bleeding in places that we are overlooking, 
I think is important, mm. especially in the body of Christ. Yeah, yeah. So, Yvette, That's were you going to say something? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's so true. Mm-hmm. That's so I have true. an answer to that. I'm yes. trying to answer that. Yes. Um, so what, what can you do differently in the church? Individually, I'm saying now. Okay. Um, James 1 and 19 says, um, be quick to listen mm-hmm. and slow to speak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when I look at that, I say, well, I need to have open ears. Mm-hmm. Whoever come through those doors as a mm-hmm. minister of the gospel, I need to be attentive and mm-hmm. sensitive. Mm-hmm. And maybe God want yeah. them to open up to me and not mm-hmm. necessarily just speak the word mm-hmm. like so quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I would say to have open ears, be mm-hmm. sensitive to who's coming in among mm-hmm. you. And be open to be able to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. And I think, too, you know, even at Bible Base, one of the things that has bothered me, uh, you know, I think it, it continues to surface is how we support people who are caring for people who have certain disabilities or mental health issues. And so I know in our churches, something, and we've had persons come here. And they may say, you know, my child is suffer, suffers with um, what, whatever it might be. I can't call this one. You know, and so he or she may have outbursts or what have you. Do you have any, anyone that can, yeah, that can take care for someone with special needs? And so here we are as a church, and I want to bring my child to church, but do you have anyone that's astute enough or aware enough to be able to minister to someone in that way? You know, or do we just not see you? You know, I mean, which is which is detrimental, I think, because every soul matters, right. and every person matters. So, how we care for those persons, I think, is an something an area that we definitely could do better. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I've been there a few times. I'm not sure if you have with that, with, with their family already committed, mm-hmm. and uh, give birth to another child, and that child has special needs. Now the ministry is not set up mm. to handle that, right? Mm-hmm. And and so, um, how do we go ahead and make that a part of the vision? Mm-hmm. Because you know, it's it's better to be ready than mm-hmm. trying to get ready, right? Mm-hmm. And so I remember searching out, trying to find professionals mm-hmm. that really had the background and experience mm-hmm. for running that 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 area mm-hmm. and making sure we had the right care, mm-hmm. you know. Because you, you don't want to put a glorified babysitter in that scenario. Right, right. Because some things can be miscalculated or mishandled. Mm-hmm. And then you've got another administrative crisis. Exactly. You know, into a lawsuit. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, I think for ministry, when do we plan for that? Mm-hmm. 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 That's a good question. Yeah. Yeah, and so absolutely. Uh, you know, one of the things that uh, in talking about uh, from a, uh, Health and wellness is our ministry, but in talking about from a strategic planning standpoint, it involves not just not just one component, but for example, our next gen, our student ministry is you know what we call it. And so, uh, how do we make sure that leaders in each of these areas become? This goes back to cultivating awareness. How do we make sure that that some leaders in each of these areas, one, are going through the training that we have provided, that we're that we're doing, and then in our strategic planning, how do we uh, prepare prepare for something like this? And 
I know in our church we have a couple persons that have some professional background in in that, and uh, we've tried to make sure that the leaders of our student ministry work with that person. Uh, Selena Brown is here, uh, but work with that person to help. I you know make sure that we can provides the right kind of care and support. Uh, but I think in every context it's gonna be a little different, but I think it begins with really helping leaders be equipped and raising the awareness mm -hmm. in the congregation. Yeah. But at least you all have some infrastructure for it. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of ministries who don't have it, it on the table, on the agenda as an idea yeah. of something that needs to happen. Mm -hmm. So I think these kind of uh, meetings yeah. or group uh, disclosures would help yeah. to Assembly a lot more than out. Yeah, I think um, well, God has placed that more and more on my heart. Mm. Um, I have a relationship with Miss Rosa here, mm -hmm. who is a special uh, needs person mm -hmm. for all of her many careers. Miss <laughs> <laughs> um, Rosa is eighty years old, and oh, so when I had, uh, I have a son with Down syndrome. Mm -hmm. He's in his early thirties, and he has sat next to me every day that I attended church because there was nothing for him mm -hmm. and he still does mm -hmm. and so um, every every day right mm -hmm. I don't show up unless he's cared for at home you won't see me like this um, we were in church last night and, and yeah. as the Lord is telling me this is what the work you're supposed to be doing right now mm -hmm. it's like Please don't tell me to do special needs ministry. <laughs> My hands are full. <laughs> and so um, I, the only way that I can see doing it is if we did it together. If churches work together on, on what the needs are. Otherwise, this would be another project like Grace where I'm forcing ahead of time the idea. Mm -hmm. That needs to be a community idea. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. And so, gotcha. but 30 years. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Right next to me for 30 years. Mm -hmm. And um, you've been a champion. Not trusting yeah. anybody mm -hmm. yeah. who right. would know what to do mm -hmm. right. with Jeremy. Right. Um, and the answer isn't to put Jeremy in the same room with a person who's suffering from a mental illness right. or other types of special right. needs. Right. That's not the answer. Right. Right. Protector. Right, yeah. And the whole protector thing, but also the dynamics just won't work. Right. And so just, we need the education first. We need, education. We need to reduce the stigma. Mm -hmm. It's the same pattern mm -hmm. as when we're talking about mental illness, it's the same pattern. Mm -hmm. We have to do the care model. Mm -hmm and we have to do it collectively. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't help me to know that Bible Base has a special needs ministry, mm -hmm. unless I'm gonna change my right. membership. Right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. And wait a minute, you're five minutes away, so don't, don't tempt me like that, <laughs> right? But it, it would be better if we had another round table, right. and so that we all could talk about special needs ministry, mm -hmm. devoted yeah. to special needs ministry. Well, not just us, but a room full of people. That's good. Talking about special needs. Mm -hmm. Autism is more diagnosed now. I've never seen mm -hmm. as many diagnoses for uh, mm -hmm. children with autism. Yeah. Three members of our congregation mm -hmm. within the last four years. Mm -hmm. wow. I was like, okay, so mm -hmm. they're coming, either coming here because of this, mm -hmm. 
or this is on the increase. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah well, that's a really uh, vital, important topic and discussion, and you guys have really enriched it. Thank you, Dr. Yeah. Hall, uh, and thank you for your uh, participation. And uh, just before we close, unless there's any other um, questions that we left unanswered, uh, what we tried to do is just talk a little bit about how, one, uh, I think we, we missed the tool, how you can evaluate it, or did we cover that? How you can, oh yes you did, you talked about oh, with the in the beginning, the characteristics that are needed, and we gave a, a model. For it. Um, but we're here if you have any questions. I think we want to make sure that we pray uh, before we leave with respect to uh, ministries. Yes, sir. For is uh, any follow up references back to the uh, church mm -hmm. in this regard of the care? Mm -hmm. uh, is there a contact person that yes. leaves out that area? You, if you're consulting <laughs> outside of contact information, outside of, you know. Yep. Also, I, I want to make sure she'll share our contact information on there. There, there are a couple of resources over here. One is on uh, for addiction treatment centers, mm -hmm. yes, and uh, and the other one is really just information. Um, thanks to Doc Hall, who's put together information more on mental health information and uh, terminology and things over here, and then also uh, so. Suicide. Did yes. we have the handout? Okay. The handout. Oh, there's a handout uh -huh. on suicide. And yes. And the resource that? cards. Mental An health example. resource. Yes. It's an example of what we share with yes. the community, with the church. So you can stop by here. And the community. All right. Let's um, let's close out in prayer, uh, and feel free to reach out and contact us, um, uh, as well. Pastor, why don't you close us out in prayer, Pastor uh, Pastor Jacobs? Bowed in looking hearts. Father, we thank you for this day and we honor you and we give you praise and yes, you Lord. Lord. We just ask that you continue to shower us down with even your greater blessings. And even as we have gathered here in this session to hear and receive, we thank you for the information that's been assimilated. And we pray you continue to guide, teach, and instruct. And we ask you that you just would just give clarity to all that you have assigned to the body of Christ and for pastors and leaders in general, mm -hmm. that we become more vigilant and come to the front line of helping to meet the needs of those that are struggling with mental health issues and, yes. and, and, and mental illness uh, issues as well. We thank you for the heart of Dr. Hall and, and just committing herself for 30 years mm -hmm. of loving and caring for her son to make sure that the right and proper care was given to him. And there's so many that mm -hmm. are walking through or going through similar like situation scenario. Mm -hmm. We pray that you would give them that peace that surpasses all that is understood. We thank you now. And I pray for the set man and woman of this house. And yeah. God, yes. to pour fresh That's oil on them and this whole staff and you just kind of revigorate them, refresh them, Lord, renew them. We're pouring themselves out this week and even leading up into this uh, week of the equipped conference that God, you just continue to bless them, that you meet every need financially, that there be nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken. And God, we pray that tonight there will be an anointing that continues to pour out mm -hmm. in our corporate gathering. We bless you for all the sessions that's taking place. And we pray that you would just continue to keep us in your grace. For this we pray and we declare it and stand in agreement in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.